What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations. And we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. And that's where we uh, make the magic happen. That's where we do the things. Um, this is, of course, Nerd Thug Radio, which means it's me, Core DLG. And uh, hanging out with me is little brother Nico. Hey, guys. Um, we're still, we're still it is alive. the first show post Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, coming out of our turkey comas, we had our our Digimon event, mm-hmm. and then we uh, we hung out and had a good time. How'd it go? I think it went really well. We had a lot of people come in, play Digimon, buy Digimon. Like, there was four guys who were signed up for the tournament. And they were like, "We're just gonna split a case, you guys. We don't really need any more packs." <laughs> You guys can have fun, <laughs> uh, which was pretty wild to see. That's uh, it's a lot of cards. How many cards did y'all? So, did, does that mean Adventure Begins is sold out of Digimon? Uh, I believe so. They might have a couple boxes left because I don't think that everyone bought their. Because every person was allowed to buy one box, and I don't think everyone did. So I think they have like a couple boxes left. That's crazy. That is crazy. You guys are animals. Yeah, I mean, they they tore it up. It was it was a good time. Everyone had a lot of fun. Taught a bunch of people how to play the game. It was a real good time. So, uh, my understanding is you are tournament grand champion. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not suspect at all that the guy running the tournament won the tournament. <laughs> uh, not in the slightest. I don't know who would ever think that. <laughs> well, but, yes. I mean. <laughs> It, listen, it's all right. Cheat if you want to, guy. It's okay. No, it's it's fine. <laughs> so you won. So you won the whole thing, then. I did. What uh? What was the grand prize? I didn't know what the grand poopa was going to be. What'd you get? Uh, the grand prize was one of the box top, two of the box toppers. Their box comes with two, so we got. There was, everyone got two for one, two, and three, and then I got nine booster packs. So. It's basically a little less than half a box worth. Nice, nice. Uh, and I pulled pretty well. I got, I got, I got one of the secrets. I got an alt art, and then I got out of the one pack that you got me for entry. I got, I pulled probably the best card on the set. So I made out pretty good. That's uh, that's the DLG luck coming through for you. I know. You were running an errand for me, and they they announced they're like, okay, everybody who's entered is gonna pull some stuff. And I said, oh, I said, let me let me get one for him. Got him. Got him. Got That's him, weird because that pack was towards the top of the box. It was like I was like maybe third or fourth in line. Nice. So it's weird that that was like one of the best cards. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we had a. It was a really. It was a really fun time getting everyone together again. Yeah, I mean, there was about twenty people there, and I didn't recognize most of them. Your goon squad was there, but I didn't recognize most. Yeah, like we only had a. We only had a few of the. A few of the goons show up. But uh, most of mostly new people, a lot of new people. That's good. It was really good. refreshing to see everyone. Um, so you know what that means is when you hear us advertising something, it's gonna sell out. So you got to get there to it. Yeah, you got you got to get there. It was a, it was a pretty big. I think we had one person who signed up that didn't get to show up, and that was it. Everyone else made it, huh? That's pretty impressive. That's good because it was a room full of people. I, I peeked my head in before I left. I uh, I went up there and I did. Originally, I was going to sign copies of my comic and uh, hang out and sell shirts and all that, and we were gonna have a, lo- a full day of it. But uh, 
been coming down with something. Not COVID. I didn't expose anybody. I don't have COVID. Um, you already had COVID before. Uh, that was a long time ago. I think I've been accused of it twice. I, I don't actually know that I've ever actually had it because both my tests were negative. Um, well. But I do think I, I – if I had it, I had it asymptomatically, but I'm not that lucky medically. You know, like it's the one time, it's the one time, Corey. Um, this is your one. Uh, the worst thing to have asymptomatically. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's definitely been. Yeah, so I wasn't feeling that well. Uh, Saturday, so I got out of there. I didn't want to stick around and get other people sick with my gunk, and uh, so I got everything set up. Helped you get set up and ready to go, and then I got out of there. Um. But yeah, we had shirts to sell. We The comic book is now out. Uh, so now I have three comic books out. I don't think there's a single store that has all three on the shelves anymore. Um, I know for a fact Jin is not carrying DMA. She she kind of is full up on superheroes. So when mm-hmm. I gave her the elevator pitch, she said, eh, I'm not that interested. I said, okay, that's all right. No worries. Um, but she does have copies of both uh, uh, issues of another day at the office, so those are both up there. There you go. Um, and then the adventure begins. They sold out of the first issue of another day at the office, and then on the mini series, they've got I think about ten ish left. Last time I counted, there, and they bought thirty copies of DMA. So I think that'll maybe get them through the year, and then they'll they'll be out too. I suspect. I hope. I'll have to make an arrangement and get up there and do a signing or something this month. Yeah, hang out, go hang out one afternoon and skinny sign them. Um, but yeah, otherwise, what's been up, man? How, how have you been? How was Thanksgiving? Well, uh, it was it was good. It was a little bit hectic. Uh, we did all the the cooking. We did the hosting, the cooking. So we spent like the last like two days before, just like cleaning the house, cooking food buying stuff, going to the grocery store, you know, all the, all the fun stuff about Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then you get to eat food and then pass out for two days. Right. Right. That's, that's really the fun stuff. That's the, that's the real fun stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a little bit hectic, but I mean, it was nice to see everyone again and like not everyone because Victoria, this is the first time she hasn't been here. Yeah, originally it sounded like she was going to come in, but then I never heard from her, so I just kind of assumed she didn't. No, she went up there to uh, see her boyfriend. <laughs> she went to his family's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, I know she did. Yeah. Sticky it's okay. Dicky she's coming for Christmas. Is gonna is gonna catch it. Yeah, catch these hands. That's right. <laughs> she's gonna fight Victoria. I'm a fist fighter. <laughs> Listen, we don't skip family Thanksgiving unless we're skipping family Thanksgiving. Like, I guess. Like, because now it just sounds like she just picked a nicer Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like, she yeah. looked at both menus and she said, nah. 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 We, we cook we cook the white people food anyways. <laughs> it's not like you got anything different. That's true. You guys do cook the white people food. We're what, like, yes, turkey stuffing. What would even a Hispanic Thanksgiving look like, though? I don't, I don't know. Tacos? Like, maybe? I don't, I don't actually know. Turkey. Tacos? I feel like everyone just kind of makes the same thing because it's like traditional Thanksgiving food. What if they go like fusion style and they put like turkey and cranberry in a burrito? 
I mean, that wouldn't that just doesn't sound good. Mainly because I just hate cranberry sauce. Yeah, I'm not a cranberry sauce either, but like that's what you put with turkey, I think. I mean, you're living wrong. Listen, I'm white. We've never done anything wrong in our lives. That's I mean, like you say that, but <laughs> check the history books undefeated. <laughs> so dumb. All the way to you, Chief. We're the best at this. It's it's not right, but it's right. You know what I'm saying? You know what it's, I'm saying? it's not wrong, but it's right. <laughs> no, it's definitely wrong. It's definitely wrong, but it's not wrong, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's definitely right your congressman, but he ain't gonna reply. Mm. Um yeah, man. So we're now towards the end of the year now. We're wrapping up. We got like what? Five, six weeks left of the year. Oh, it's like it's never gonna end. <laughs> but you don't think it's gonna immediately change, though, do you? Like everyone's been saying that. Like I can't wait for twenty twenty to end. Like yeah, no. Like everyone's like, oh, I can't wait for twenty twenty one. But like honestly, it's not gonna be that different. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers right now for old COVID, and uh, no, it's all it's all the same. Nothing's yeah, gonna change. Yeah, we're like we're like right back where we were in May. This isn't looking good. Yeah, I love the I love the jokes where it's like it's like oh it's like you're waiting on New Year's right and you wait for the ball to drop. It's like and then you wake up and it's January first, twenty twenty, and then you have to live this year all over again. <laughs> oh, that's not funny. Oh no, no, that's not good at all. Like, what if the whole world had Groundhog Day? <laughs> Cuff break. Well, like, think of how different this year would be if we all knew what was going to happen. Um, I think the biggest thing that would happen differently, I think, is the Democrats would cheat for the election. Mm, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, you know what? Like, they're going to blame us for it anyway, and we didn't win all the seats that we wanted. Like, let's just do it. Let's just let's just really do it this time. Let's just actually do it this time. <laughs> I think this is the play. <laughs> Have you seen? <laughs> and I, I don't even think this is political anymore. I think it's just sad now. Have you? Seen, there was they had a press conference in Georgia. Mm-hmm. The Secretary of State and like the head of the Republican Party of Georgia is like trying to convince people to go vote because the, the thing that's coming out is that in Georgia people are going to protest the election of Joe Biden, the fake election of Joe Biden, by Writing in Trump instead oh, of like voting instead. for the two runoff congressmen. Oh, nice. Um, and so the Republican Party is trying to ration out of these guys that no, 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 no. You, you've got to vote for the two candidates, otherwise we lose the seats. Right, and it's actually relevant because yeah, if they lose the both air. of them, then it's then it actually I believe the count. Makes an advantage. It's it's uh, fifty. It's I think it's fifty one. Yeah, it's fifty one forty nine for the Democrats. Yeah, because because they can't they can only lose one if they if they can't even lose one of them they have to have both. Yeah, if because they if, split, it, if, they, if they split if they split it's tie which goes to VP which is would be Kamala Harris and like that's that's Democrat basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna imagine she's gonna vote with the Democrats on almost all issues. Yeah, yeah. I ha- I I don't think Kamala Harris is gonna be like you know I really see the Republican view of this. <laughs> Although I have, uh, I did rewatch West Wing again, and uh, which I love, I love that show. Although it's about to come off of Netflix, so if you're gonna rewatch it, you better do it now. I think it comes off next month. 
Oh, where's um, it going? I, I don't know. Probably HBO Max, I bet. Because HBO Max has a ton of NBC stuff, which is weird because NBC has its own app. Yeah, but none of, none of the streaming services really make sense because, like, everyone has a stuff. Everyone has stuff everywhere, and then all of a sudden, we're like, you know, we should do a streaming service because cable's dead. Yeah, but if I was doing that, I would plan out my. Also, I think NBC's. I think like free. It's free now, but they're going to. They want to change that. They. The reason they've branded and created a brand around theirs and calling it Peacock is because they want to create an actual app company like Netflix and Amazon Prime. They don't want to. They don't want to be the dump site for NBC stuff like the next day. They want to be like NBC stuff and then new stuff, like stuff you can only watch here. It wasn't like one of like the not the Thirty Rock reunion, but something important was on there. Uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion was on HBO Max. Oh, I was talking about on Peacock. Oh, on P. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, you know what? They were they are going to do a friend, or they just did a friends reunion. That might have been on Peacock. There you go. I think that's what I was thinking of. That might have been on Peacock, but yeah, they want they want to position Peacock to be eventually be like a profit generating entity for them. So like uh, CBS is really the one who tipped the networks off to this. They made that Star Trek Discovery show, and then they made CBS like. Online like a dollar ninety nine, and the only show they had online was that was that Star Trek Discovery, but they put in a full budget like it was a real show. It wasn't in like an app show, mm-hmm. and then they were like, "Well, let's just see what happens, and we'll add stuff over time." Plus, for the dollar ninety nine, you could go back and rewatch basically anything that CBS owns. Um, but the only new content was the Star Trek Discovery. Well, they got something like it was like one hundred and fifty thousand subscribers in the first like three month cycle mm-hmm. and they were like uh, okay alright all right. All right. and they felt it a little bit and so they um, they they then they now make I think it's about four or five different shows that are strictly uh, CBS app exclusive that's interesting um, one of them is actually really funny it's Star Trek Below Decks and it's about like the people you know. Oh yeah, it's kind of like, like that. It's like an animated show, right? Yeah, I actually watched four or five of the episodes. They're really funny. Um, it it is it, it's a funny show, but it it definitely makes because like that's those are the people you think about when like the show's happening and like they're blowing up below decks and they're on the bridge. All the important people are like, "What do we do? Someone push the red button." It's like, who are the guys setting the red button up? Like, how is this going for them? Yeah, who are the, who are, who are the the rant five randos that are like you know. Doing the other stuff on the ship that you never see. Yeah, and so these guys, it's about them and, like, them dealing with it. And when they interact with the bridge crew, it's really funny how, like, the bridge crew are, like, celebrities to them. Yeah, because these guys are, like, important, like, outside of their ship. Right. But inside, like, these guys are like, wow, these are really... (laughs) Did you see that? He talked to me. (laughs) Yeah, like, these people are really important to your organization. It'd be neat to see them. Um, but yeah, I, uh, so anyway, I was rewatching West Wing and there was an episode where the VP was gonna have to break a tie on, uh, like an ethanol tax credit. It's in the show. It's imaginary, obviously. Uh, and the VP didn't want to do it 
because he's like his whole career he's from texas and his whole career he 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 uh he opposed the uh ethanol tax credit mm. and so this would approve it and it was like the tying vote would approve it and he's like okay well i'm the president and i'm asking you to do this like this is your one job for us and he's like okay but you realize my entire career i've been against this issue and he's like, oh, well, I'm sorry, John. That's not my problem. Go do your job. And then they then they get back into it. And they're like, you know what? Screw it. And then they just, they wind up tanking the vote because they want a better plan anyway. Mm-hmm. Like the plan got beat up in committee. And so they're like, you know what? Honestly, it doesn't do half the stuff we wanted it to do anyway. Let's just try again next year. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter. But. The idea that the VP is ever going to be like, uh, I'm not going to vote with you guys on this. Yeah, like, it's just funny. Yeah. But I get, you know what, though? That would be interesting, right? Because, like, the VP is very typically the ceremonial job of, of like, of the White House, right? Like, just meet, meet and greets a lot of ambassadors, sports teams, stuff like that. Like, typically they don't do a lot. Because really, their job is just to be the president in case of, right? Like that's really their job. It's it's, pres- it's president in case of and to break ties. That's literally their only job, like okay. actual only job. So imagine in this modern era, a fifty-fifty Senate, a narrow margin in the House. the The VP's office would have a ton of negotiating power. Oh yeah, no, for sure. And this is like kind of the reason that like. I kind of miss, like, when we used to go, like, you wouldn't pick your VP. You would, your VP would just be the guy who lost. Oh, no, no. You couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. No, <laughs> like, it would, it would just be awful. But, like, I kind of miss it. I, I like this for because this is the first time that, that, that maybe the VP would have any sort of relevant status. And, and listen, I know everybody thinks that Kamala Harris is a super radical lady. I don't. First of all, she was a prosecutor for 20 years. I don't think she's all that radical. I don't think she's all that different than Biden. I think they're both centrists, honestly. Um, but uh, I think when you actually see them make policy and what they actually ask for in bills and laws to come to their desk to sign, I think you'll see that they're actually both very centrist. So is, so is Obama, and I think that that's what will happen. I think Donald Trump was perhaps the most extreme of any of these four that we're talking about in this current era. But I think it would be interesting because I think Kamala Harris would have the ability to, like, directly ask for things to be placed into bills. Right, as a 50-50 split. Yeah, because she's like, look, when it gets to Senate, it's 50-50 as long as we can keep party lines together. So unless you're going to be able to steal two Republicans, you need my vote. Right. So either steal two Republicans or give me this thing in it that I want. Which has really never happened in a long time. Ever. And I think that's intriguing. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, I think it would be cool to see kind of that change in the stance of the, of the vice presidency. You know, Dick Cheney kind of remodeled what a vice presidency could be. Uh, granted, he was the, a force for evil. And, like, no one doubts that he might be one of the, like, worst <laughs> humans ever. Uh, he did shoot a guy in the face. Uh and everyone was too scared to press charges. That's how you know you're a bad, bad man. I saw nothing. You're lying. In a, this is this is a court of law, correct? And I saw nothing. Yeah, listen, I'd rather go to jail for perjury than go to jail for speaking on him. Like, let's not do this. 
I plead the fifth. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I, I plead the fifth enough times to get me out of here because I'm not going to say anything. You know what? It was me. I shot him. I shot the guy. Can I leave now? Can I go? Yeah. Just like, go. <laughs> just, I just want I Yeah, just lock me up for the rest of my life as long as you can guarantee my safety. I don't care anymore. Yeah. As long as he's somewhere outside the room when I'm locked in, I'm fine. Except he can walk through the darkness because he's evil. He's like a vampire. Uh, actually, you can bring vampires in if they're uh, if if they're not if you're not invited. But isn't that only if it's a bedroom? Like, is a prison cell a bedroom? Because it's kind of a punishment. Uh no, I think I think you have to like. I think the actual like rule on that is like you have to be the owner of that house. Like, you can't be a renter because you're technically not the owner of that stead. So renters can never be eaten by vampires. No, renters will always be eaten by vampires because they don't technically own the house. But I thought that means that they can't invite the vampire in. No, like the vampire only cares if you're in, like, he can go in because you're not the owner. Like, if the owner says you're not welcome, then the vampire's like, ah, oh, darn, I guess I can't go in. No, I think you got it backwards. They have to be invited in. They can't, they don't have, they have to be invited in. They have to, they, they have to be invited in by the owner. So if you own a house, the vampire you can invite them in yeah then you can invite them in but if you don't own the house that you live in somebody else's house and the vampire can just walk in yes i think you're missing a step there because no one invited them in they have to be invited in by somebody no if you're saying if you're saying only the owner can invite them in then that means renters are forever safe no what i'm saying (laughs) like i think i think you're missing the point there like the only protection is of the owner but that doesn't make sense because there has to be an invitation. Like otherwise, they they could just random like randomly get stuck at doors. Oh, do you own this home? Oh, weird, weird. Exactly. Weird. No, it is get stuck at every doorstep. They have to be invited in. Well, if no one owns it, then no, then they can just walk in. Yeah, if no one see, but that's a county issue. How do they know that? I don't know. They can't be invited by the entire... They have to have a formal request from the state of Iowa or whatever to enter this abandoned building. <laughs> well, like, the people really, of Iowa... Really the, really, the struggle of vampires is that they have to deal with a lot of bureaucracy. Gentrification is really what's holding them back. Right, yeah. You aren't the original owner of this building. <laughs> you don't own this building. I can't go here. Vampires are actually some of the most astute real estate lawyers in America. I mean... They got a lot of money. <laughs> they got to be for somewhere. It's true. They buy all the land so they can invite themselves in. Right. They're like, well, if I own it, then I don't have to ask anyone. <laughs> so there was a there was a Marvel comic that was actually pretty good. It was Pete Wisdom and MI Seven, and they were like they investigated the weird. And so, like in the first, I too arc, investigate the weird. So in the first target was like Pete Wisdom, and basically he had his own like Excalibur is what it was, and they would fight like mystical and, and magical things. Well, towards the end, they get, they go to war with Dracula. Oh, sick. And so they're having this, this war with them. Well, there was a vampire. There was like a famous vampire hunter who on his deathbed had, a, had a wizard, like pay, place a curse on his body. So as long as his body was buried or as long as his body was kept in great Britain, no vampires were allowed to enter. So one of the first steps of Dracula's plan was to attack like the tomb of that guy and steal the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so blah, blah, blah. Like they, they do it. So now 
as they fast forward to the fight and as the armies are invading, they're actually, they staged it, they staged it from the moon and they're coming in under the cover of darkness to land in Great Britain. And as they're coming like over Great Britain's airspace, all of a sudden the vampires start bursting into flame little by little. Uh, and the vampire, like Dracula's like, what, what, what is this? And Blade was like, yeah, I knew you were coming. So I, uh, I helped Pete by, uh, by distracting you and protecting that body that wasn't anybody's while Pete dug up the real body and swapped him. <laughs> He's like, this whole time since then, it's just been a waiting game for you to bring your armies in. Right, because they're basically all screwed. Yeah. And he's like, no! And he's watching as like, all the ships burst into flame as they enter the airspace. Oh, that's pretty good. It was, it, was a, it was a good little moment. It's a good payoff. And you're like, yeah, okay, I kind of dig that. All right, okay. Kind of reminds you of that one, that, that the ending scene from Extraordinary Gentleman. Where, like, the guy doesn't actually die because, like, Africa won't let him die or whatever. Oh, yeah. Africa needs you. Is it not? I guess we'll. I want to talk about this just because it's been so long and we haven't. We've never really talked about this on the air. Uh, so that movie is written by one of my heroes in comic book writing, James Robinson. Okay, mm-hmm. he wrote. He wrote the movie. He wrote the script, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. All right. So they hired him to adapt uh, Alan Moore's comic book into the movie. Okay. Um, okay. It wound up being his last work in Hollywood for a long time because of how awful everything went. Uh, Sean Connery wound up retiring from acting because of how awful this movie was, how awful the experience was. Mm. Uh, now, keep in mind, Sean Connery had – he said Hollywood changed and he didn't understand why. Here's a little bit of background to that. He turned down the following roles. He turned down Magneto. He turned down Gandalf. Uh, and then he turned down uh, Morpheus. You know, as you do, the best, most iconic roles. So three of the most important roles, I mean, that's that's three, four, five movies, six, that's 11, that's 14 movies between those three characters. Ooh. That he could have been in that he said no. Hard pass. He said, "No, I'm good." Uh, and that's when he really, that's when he started coming. He just said, I, "I don't understand Hollywood." So he told his agent the next one of these that came along. He didn't care what it was, if it looked any kind of feasible at all. Just go ahead and sign him up, even if he didn't like it. Give him a multi picture deal. Let's get this thing going. Right. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen comes along. Uh, the role of Alan Quartermain comes up, and Sean Connery says, "Okay, I, I don't get it, but I didn't get the last ones." And they were hits, so let's just assume they have that in common. So he signs up for it. Uh, weird, weird flicks, but okay. Yeah. Uh, the entire time he's on set, he's miserable. He doesn't like it. He doesn't understand the movie. He thinks the movie's dumb. He doesn't enjoy it. Um, so at the end of the day, he's bashing the director. He hates the script. He hates all of it. And he, and he basically walks away. And when it's done, he, he retires from acting. Uh, the movie winds up bombing, but perhaps more insultingly to uh, my hero, James Robinson, uh, a writer comes out of the blue and says that he had turned in a script to 
um, the Writers Guild about six years earlier that was almost identical to this one. Now, keep in mind, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is just like a bunch of open property characters in Britain. The old folk heroes, Dr. Jekyll and Hyde and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, there were a couple characters in the movie that weren't in the book. Um, like Dorian Gray from The Portrait of Dorian Gray. They were, however, in the script. And so the guy who submitted the first script is now was now alleging that the studio ripped him off. Now, James Robinson, this is the reason he doesn't go back to Hollywood for a long, long time, is super insulted about it. Super, super insulted. Because he's like, whoa, like, I wrote this script. This is my script. I didn't rip anybody off. Um, right, yeah. He's like, I wrote this. Well, the studio winds up settling because of the similarity of cast and the similarity of events in the script. Uh, like, Huck Finn is in both scripts, but not in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Dorian Gray. And then there was one other character who's in both that is in both scripts, but isn't in uh, in the comic book. And so basically, it was like, James Robinson always says that the studio came to him with a list of characters that they wanted to integrate into the script, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, the fact that he made something so similar, I don't know, take what you want from it. I don't know. Um, that happens a lot in creativity. Uh, well, I, well, I told you guys when I, when I went on my journey of becoming a freelance writer, one of the first pitches I did into this company that was doing something put together was a little time travel story. And literally when the guys got back to me and said, hey, we liked your story, but we literally had like 28 pitches for time travel. So we're going to do something different, but we want you to keep trying. Um, so like it happens. People are going to overlap. It's not a big deal. Um, but so, yeah, he, so we, when we got to meet him at, at Comic Blues and interview him, uh, he was super cool. And he even talked about it a little bit in the interview. Uh, I, I kept putting my foot in my mouth. I kept saying the wrong thing because like, I liked the movie overall. Um, but I, I didn't realize Sean Connery had been so hard on the movie. So when I mentioned that Sean Connery didn't enjoy the movie that much, he was like, yes, yeah, last movie ever made. He retired from acting because of it. He said he hated it. Ooh. Yikes. Oh, oh, that good. Well, well, I liked it. I thought it was a good popcorn movie. Like, I watched it like years, like, like I don't know, like a year ago, and I was kind of like, oh, that's what this is. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but it's entertaining. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, but so fast forward to later on that day, he told us some stuff he wasn't supposed to tell us, and we got him on tape saying it. Like, in the interview, he told us some stuff coming up that he wasn't supposed to reveal. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, he uh, he tracks us down later that day. And he says, hey, um, if you could cut that out of your interview, I'd really appreciate it. Because I think if it goes, if it, if it airs before I do it, I could get in trouble. Because technically, I'm still under Marvel contract, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an exclusive when it's time. And I said, okay, cool. So I sent him our information. Uh, I sent him the edited video. I aired the interview edited. Um, he never gets back to us. No exclusives. Wah, wah. So then it breaks that he's, that he's doing Wonder Woman. Um, then it breaks that they're doing the other project that they had talked about. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. 
things got moved on and things got moved over and schedules got changed. Uh, I don't think he ever even actually did the project that he told us about. Cause I think they were talking about justice society or justice league and he never even moved on to those. Um, but it's all right, whatever. Um, but he never gave us our exclusive. So I was kind of like, so now I'm of the belief, never meet your heroes. I think that's always been the case. Never meet your heroes. Although now he is one of the writers on Stargirl, which I really enjoy. See, there you go. It all came together. Which Don't meet your TV, heroes. Though. That's interesting. He's writing TV now. It's not really Hollywood. Well, it's definitely not Hollywood when it's on the CW app. <laughs> Woo, the CW. <laughs> all right, we're going to jump out to a break here because we've decided to go way over because who cares about time? When we come back, we got a little bit more Nerd Thug Radio coming your way. We'll be right back. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, this is Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeouts uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but the community has always relied on itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. This is Rudy Townjanovich and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to more Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, the sister station, streaming worldwide at ironlonestar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio. Come leave a message, comment, hang out with us. We uh, we are where the show happens. That's what we do there. Um, yeah. Before we get any further into anything, let me, as always, have little brother Nico go ahead and read you guys, read to you guys about The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more is our lovely sponsors. They are open at full operating hours. You're going to need a mask if you want to come inside. Uh, we are. They got events running back up. Uh, if you want to be a little bit safe, they do have curbside and delivery options available. But they do have events running back up uh, November 30th. That's today from 4 to 8 is Miniature Mondays. It's a free event. Come in, hang out, show off your minis, construct. Uh, if you want to talk to uh, the in-store associates, feel free. They have access to paints and supplies. Wednesday, December 2nd at 7.30, the Adventure Begins Virtual Trivia. Is a free event. You can find them at twitch.tv slash the RNR nerd at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Friday, December 4th. Oh, sorry, December, boys. 
Uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, is the Star Wars X-Wing Casual Meetup. Saturday, December 5th, is the Pokemon Casual Meetup. And finally, uh, oh, later that day at uh, 6 p.m. is the uh, Warhammer and Tabletop Warhammer Meetup. So, oh, yeah. Hammer time. It's hammer time. So they still got events going. They are the image begins coming change more off. They are fourteen eighty eight. They're a fantastic store, wonderful staff, very clean, family friendly. Uh, they do have private rooms available. They have a loyalty point system, which is super awesome. Corey has about seven million thanks to me. That's true. Uh, I keep the points in know. stock. <laughs> I've spent so much money at the store; it's kind of insane. Um, that's right, uh, listeners. The contest is: Can you spend more than Nico? The answer is probably not, unless you want to commit probably at least a small house payment. Well, you definitely – so what was the first game that you bought a case of the cards for? Uh, that was – I bought two cases of white shorts from them, so. At the same time or? Different times. Okay, okay. So the first time you bought a case of white shorts from them, uh, that was at the time the single largest transaction in store history. Ooh, I have the title, baby. Uh, I don't know if the second one measured up or not. Bill told me that in private over the first I think one. the second one was more, so... But I don't know someone, someone might have beat you since then. I mean, I don't know. Right, yeah. But at the time. I'll take at the time. At the time. There was a point when you were the champion. There was a, 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 The first will always have some a pl- special place in the hearts. <laughs> that the was... first ring's the most important. Exactly. I made it once. <laughs> that's pretty impressive, but you but you buy a ton of cards there. I mean, that's what that. Oh, really? What? It, yeah, really, really. What's murdering me here? So, a case for those who don't know, how many booster boxes are in a case? Uh, for White Schwartz is sixteen, and in, in each box, how many booster packs? Twenty. So you're buying. 320 packs, basically. Correct. Yeah, you're a monster. And I've done that two times. And you what? I've done that two times. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Um, Does that mean, like, okay, when you buy a case of Heroclix, there's two bricks in it. That's Uh 20 boosters. That's 100 pieces. Yeah. But there are certain pieces that you're only going to get one per case one per brick, one per booster, like in the quantities. Is it the same thing for the cards? Yeah. So, uh, so you sort of have to buy a case if you're competitively playing, trying to get those particular cards. Uh, not you, not a whole case. Uh, so uh, the most, uh, the best way to do it is to usually split a case with one other person. Uh, because in a, in a case you'll get four of every card. Well, this is true for White Schwartz. I don't know about other games. But you'll get a playset of every card twice. Okay. So you'll have a full playset of the whole thing. And really what you're buying cases for is like the, the specialty foil stuff. Which is the high rare have, stuff. Yeah, the, the super rare stuff. Because usually there's only about... In Adventure Time, there was two SPs in a case. In Joe, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure case I did, there was three. Or four. There's four high rarity cards in that set. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, and those are those are worth anywhere from the Adventure Time ones are over a hundred dollars a piece. 
and then so like if you pull one out of like a singular booster box you're like way up or like one pack you're like a million times <laughs> I got you I got you what um that's pretty impressive so what did you what did you get out of this uh you just bought another case what's what was the set for uh this was adventure time this is the english exclusive set that i was super excited about okay this is adventure time is in the tv show cartoon yeah it's the cartoon it's a it's, a, it's the same like system but it, it uses like art from the show it's really cute they did a lot of really nice like flavors stuff they did a really good job representing like the show and how wacky it really is who was the who was what was the card you were really looking for? Uh this one was I was just looking for Finn and Jake and uh they're honestly pretty ridiculous in the game. All right. Like, All right. Um what's like what's the unbeatable card from the Adventure Time Y short set? Uh that would probably be the the Finn and Jake they're 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 like it's them together. It's them it's the it's the little screen cap of them in the, in the intro. Or it's them on the little hill doing a little dance. It's a really cute little card, but it's actually like in the gameplay is is just monstrous because it does a, a billion damage a bunch of times. It's just really hard to stop once they've once it starts going. All right, okay, I can respect that. All right. <clears throat> um. Okay. All right. I think I've asked about all the questions I care to ask about. Adventure Time card games. Um, it's, it's fun. I like it. So did anybody have... I don't even remember any of the Digimon characters. In the Digimon game last night, did anybody have the monster, the T-Rex guy? Yeah. But he uh, didn't A bunch win? of people did. I didn't play him. Uh, they were all my friends. Because, uh, like, the top three was two... was Or the top four was two yellow decks, one blue deck, and one red deck. The red deck is the one with the T Rex guy in it. That's Greymon. Who's in the blue one? The blue one is the the werewolf looking dude, just big wolf guy. His name is Garurumon. Garurumon. He's got a fun name to say. It kind of is. Uh, and then and then you said that in the yellow deck it was Angels. Yeah, Angels, Angemon. I, I never got to like. I saw him one game. <laughs> I just you have couldn't. To, like, Draw them, or do you have to like activate them? Uh, you, I mean, like, there's other cards in in the in the decks. I just didn't see Angemon the entire time. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, I, just... I just didn't draw them the whole day. That's kind of anticlimactic, but fun though. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just card games. Like sometimes you just aren't gonna draw the card you want. I remember one time I was playing Magic the Gathering, and I had I had built a Slithers deck. Uh yeah, there you go. Which were the. Like, everything everything stacks with them. Yeah, it's like one of them has colors. an ability. Yeah, yeah if one of them has an ability, it gives it yeah. to all of them. Right, and different colors give different abilities to the group. Yeah. So, like, green gave plus one, plus one. Blue gave, like, island walk or something. Like, But they all had different things. Yeah, like, I think blue is flying. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I even had two in the deck. I had two of the queens that could generate just slither tokens mm-hmm. but you can only have one of those out at a time uh, but there was one time where just the way the shuffling and the drawing had been that like my top 25 cards weren't the slithers yeah 
So like I'm going through and it's it's a ton of mana and then some spells, but all my spells were like either counter spells to try and get me a little bit of time, or like bannings and, and you know stuff like that, or um or or enchantments to beef up my slithers. Like yeah, but no but no slithers, no slithers. So at one point I'm holding like four enchantments in my hand, and that's it. That's all I can do. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like sometimes it's just the way the cookie crumbles. It's like, and Digimon tries to like rectify that by like, if you have like his as you like as you like go up the chain and like evolve your little guys, like you draw every time you do it. So like you're you're always seeing like new cards, but like if you don't have the ones in the right order or like you only open big ones and not the smaller guys, like you can't even get there. Right, right. Like, what do you do now? Yeah, so you, you end up just getting stuck because you're just like, well, I can just like play this big guy and then give my opponent a bunch of resources, or I can just like suck it up and like play nothing and then die. <laughs> like you're like kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, I was getting cut up by everybody, and they were like, "Where are your slithers?" I was like, "I don't know." Like, you had slither queens, aren't you cool? Those are worth a lot of money now. I don't even know. I think I, I honestly think I gave away all of my magic cards. Um. See that's the that's the that's the thing that's what keeps them expensive because people just be like yeah I don't care about this anymore and they're like throw them in a bonfire or whatever right right well for me I hadn't played in a couple years and there was somebody it was like a family friend and they were like that one throws in the magic and I was like oh well here's all of this like best of luck to you buddy oh uh, see that was that was the play right there that guy made out like a bandit yeah he's probably just selling it all basically through college because I played a long time ago. So, like, a lot of the sets that I played in were... We didn't know there was later editions coming. You know what I mean? Yeah. You were living in the what a lot of people called the golden era, where it was like, who knows how long this is gonna go for. Right. For sure. Like, I definitely was playing before 2000. Right, which is back when magic was cool. Uh, I mean, let's be clear. There weren't a lot of people who were impressed by the fact that you played Magic. Yeah, like, now it's cool to play Magic the Gathering. Like, everyone plays Magic the Gathering now. Do they? Is it? Well, considering there's, like, NFL players that play Magic the Gathering, I assume so. You know what? Given the year that they're having in the NFL, I'm not even going to dispute that. Like, they're having a rough year. I'm going to let them have Magic. Uh, the Denver Broncos, um, I got to look to see if they played the game or not. No quarterbacks on the roster because of COVID. Woo, got him, Chief. Literally had to activate Quarterbacks their one through nine ain't working. Yeah. They had to activate their practice squad quarterback because the, the three quarterbacks on the roster all had COVID. Got him, boys. Like, that guy is going to have a career, dude. Like... They're like, are you the in-training quarterback that played when no one had a quarterback? You're in. You're in. I I didn't even look. I didn't even look it up. I don't know if they played. I don't know if they played Monday. I don't know how we did. I don't know. Uh, I do want to make a comment. We had our first female kicker in the history of Division One college football this weekend. Yeah. Um. We'll we'll probably talk more about that on the sports show. But uh, Vanderbilt, again, she's like their fourth-string kicker. So like her first kickoff was rather unimpressive. Uh, however, she is the first woman to kick at a football game. There you go. There you go. Making strides. There you go. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. We're going to thank everybody for listening. Uh, as always, on behalf of the little brother Nico and myself, and the adventure begins 
comics, games, and more. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Uh, be sure to be washing your hands and socially distanced and stay safe this holiday season. Uh, feel free to go to CoreyDLG.Squarespace.com. We sell t-shirts there. The new, uh, I have a limited quantity of my print comic books there of DMA. It's the X-Men meets West Wing. And you can buy digital copies of all of my work there. Uh, but uh, also shirts to support shirts the show. show. Um, be sure to check out everything on, uh, on Squarespace.com. And as always, wash your hands, socially distance, stay safe, take care of each other, be kind. It's the holidays now. If somebody needs anything, feel free to message the show. We'll see if we can set you up with some people who can take care of you. Nobody should be going without. Uh, winter is coming, and it's going to be a hard end of the holidays. It's going to be a hard year for a lot of people. So just be there for everybody. Thank you for listening, guys. Have a great, great, great. week. We'll talk to you on Thursday. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. Hey, Conros, it's Corey TLG of Nerd Thug Radio, hanging out here, just enjoying my quarantine time at home, and I hope everyone else is doing the same, social distancing and minding their manners and listening to the orders while we get all this health stuff, health crisis straightened out and get this pandemic under control. I hope everyone's doing their part to flatten the curve, but doing their part also means supporting small businesses. Local businesses here in Conroe, uh, restaurants, things of that nature that have been able to stay open, they require the support of their community. So takeouts uh, is a good option to do. So reach out to those places, order some takeout food if you can afford it and if it's reasonable. Uh, I'm not asking anyone to risk their health, but this, the community has always relied on the, itself to support itself. And this is one of those times where as Conroe, we can stand up together and take care of small businesses and entrepreneurs who have been taking care of us this whole time, helping Montgomery County grow into one of the fastest growing counties in all of America. Uh, thank you very much and stay safe and stay tuned for more Nerd Thug Radio. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. <laughs>